0: Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening, or the crack of dawn to you, as we used to say. Welcome to another edition of The Other Side of Midnight, that magical time between dusk and dawn, where tonight we're going to wander down the Martian Pink Road. Oh, do we have a story to tell you. In fact, we have a whole bunch of stories. And what I think I'm going to do, as we would normally do if we have callers, and what we'll do is we'll mix callers in with what I'm planning. But we have received, since I was on Coast, uh, was it was it just last week? Seems like a long time ago. Um, I was on Thursday the 16th, whatever date that is. We received a ton of mail. And I don't mean the kind in the old-fashioned U.S. post bags. I mean the electronic kind. And I frankly have not had a chance to do more than kind of skim uh, some of them. And they, they're they fascinating responses. It's amazing what people unfettered by, you know, corporate ties, contracts, government non disclosures, whatever is keeping the NASA folks all super, super silent on the most astonishing discovery in the You know, discovering the history of humankind, that doesn't apply to our listeners. And we have a lot of new people who, of course, have come over from uh, hearing me with George the other night. And there, of course, is that very strange kind of background story that, frankly, I still haven't quite got an answer to. Um, Why were we suddenly kicked off the air for 19.5 minutes on the largest Clear Channel radio station in the California area, Southern California, uh, KFI. 19.5 minutes. Now, how do I know that? Because I had two reputable observers who both independently said, well, it was a little short of 20 minutes. I mean, come on. Come on. What I have not been able to find out is who did it and why. And who was the message? Because I think... You know, it was very mcluhan The medium is the message. Well, somebody cut off one of our key, and I say our because I was on the Premier Network that night, our affiliates for 19.5 minutes in L.A. Now, I have some suspicions, but um, they are only that. I have zero evidence, and I've, I've kind of tried, and I so far have no firm answers. But the gestalt, the trend curve of where things are going are that some folks inside, I think, are getting nervous. Why would they be getting nervous? Because a half-century-old cover-up, if I'm reading the political tea leaves correctly, is about to come to an end. And we have some clues that if we have time, I'll, I'll hopefully be able to... Um, uh, support in the in the third hour. Right? I don't want to kind of divert our conversation until the appropriate time. So, let me start with as we start with every show uh, the news. We're going to start tonight with uh, the fact that we are about to fasten your seat belts. We're about to return big time to the moon on Monday, which is the twenty seventh, June twenty seventh. There is a um, launch, an unmanned rocket launch from New Zealand, the so-called Capstone Mission. This is an unmanned spacecraft being sent to the moon as part of the Artemis program to basically begin new photography with contemporary, extraordinary high-end digital um, imaging techniques in preparation for Artemis, which will place a basically a space station around the moon as part of the plan called Gateway. What an interesting concept, Gateway. Because the moon is not just a gateway to the solar system, to Mars, to wherever we're going to go beyond. It's also a gateway to a whole new radical for 99.99% of humanity way of looking at themselves, the universe, and where we came from because as you know and i know and an awful lot of people are soon going to know there is stuff on the moon incredibly wondrous incredibly ancient incredibly extraterrestrial stuff and the real mystery is going to be how are the powers that be particularly in that how are they going to How are they going to unveil this? In what form? Well, the capstone mission is the beginning of a process to be followed um, in a few weeks, sometime in August, by the unmanned launch of the first all-up Artemis rocket and Orion spacecraft system itself, sometime probably around mid to maybe late August. Now, that all depends on the results, of this countdown demonstration test. So if you go to the first link, if you're new to the show, let me tell you where to go. Um don't you love that? Let me tell you where to go. Um you go to the other side of midnight.com. That's our website. Click on that banner tonight which says very provocatively and you know I love to be provocative, particularly when we've got the goods. Well, we've got the goods. So click on the banner which says follow the Martian pink road that will take you to the guest page. And right under that banner on the guest page, you will see a um, item which says "Fast uh, links. My name, Ron Gerbron, uh, Keith Morgan and Rogero, all the way from uh, the sunny Isle of England this morning. It's a little bit early there so he's going to be joining us in the second hour anyway click on that link click on my name that will take you to the uh, radio with pictures items in my section of the guest page tonight so item number one is this link directly to the artemis blog on the nasa headquarters website and item number two as we've been doing now ever since last christmas we are about to be regaled by the most breathtaking, amazing, literally never-before-seen images from the extraordinary and extraordinarily successful, so far, Webb Space Telescope, which is parked tonight in a halo orbit about a million miles behind the Earth, away from the Sun. They are still conditioning and uh, cataloging the status of the various instruments there's a very interesting background piece there on the website. Um, Web's near spec acquires multiple targets. This is uh, one of the very complex instruments on, on board. And if you click on that, you'll find explanation of all they're doing and as much technical detail as you want to drill down. So be my guest. Item number three. Now, we were not on the air last night obviously or early this morning obviously but if you look at item number three right now in the sky if you get up uh really early in the northern hemisphere um primarily in the northern hemisphere or if you're listening to our show you just hang around and stay up really late if you're on the east coast it'll be ending 3 a.m well around 3 4 o'clock uh you want to look to the east um, and there are going to be this extraordinary array of planets all in order from the sun. Mercury, Venus, um, Uranus inter, inter, intervenes there. Then Mars, Jupiter, Neptune, and Saturn. This is as they're projected looking out from the inner solar system. Oh, you can also, uh, well, let me do this. You will not see the moon, the crescent moon. That was only visible yesterday morning on the 24th and it moves 13 degrees per day so it's not in the shot anymore but here's an added bonus if you look carefully you'll actually be able to see the other missing planet earth and of course when we open the lines on the third hour you're going to tell me come on hoagland you can't see earth by looking at the sky well actually mm, You can, like that great line in Independence Day. Well, Mr. President, not exactly. So we'll leave it to the listener to figure it out. And whoever comes up with the right answer in the third hour, we will put you on the air. Item number four, we are undergoing an extraordinary societal revolution. I mean, I don't know whether you've noticed, but everything is hitting the brick wall at once. And the most shocking, and the most um, shall we say penetrating and all-encompassing of these paradigm shift, cataclysmic developments, was well, the Supreme Court yesterday overturning Roe v. Wade. Now I'm not going to get into a whole abortion and you know conversation, and I frankly, except in the context I'm about to bring up, may never do it because it isn't really tailor-made for the for the uh, uh, interest of most of the listeners of this show. However, since about half of them, and our numbers are very good, are women, they're obviously really interested. So let me lay uh, briefly, and we'll, we will expand on it when we have her back on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Georgia Lambert and I talked this afternoon. You know who Georgia is. She's our kind of resident metaphysician. She worked with uh, Manley Hall in Los Angeles at the Institute for over 10 years. And she, you know, has a client list that will not quit. And she has some very interesting perspectives on a whole variety of of uh, subjects that our research has kind of opened the door. Mm-hmm. Did you like that, open the door? Remember the door on Mars that we talked about last week? Anyway, so we were talking this afternoon and she laid a really amazing idea on me. She said, what if given the constraints of the Congress, of the House, the Senate, the filibuster, the extreme limitations of the executive in doing anything really by executive order, the fact that this is now all reverting to the states, that there were something like 19 states that either have or are about to pass what they call trigger laws, where they make it impossible for a woman or even a young girl who was raped or otherwise, you know, brutally attacked uh, to get any kind of help, um, even under risk of death. You know, rape, incense, oh, that doesn't matter. Anyway, so Georgia came up with a really intriguing idea. I don't know whether everybody is aware of this. I was, but then I was pursuing this some years ago in a totally different context. But we are surrounded in the United States within the borders of the United States with, and I don't know the number offhand, X number of sovereign independent nations. The Indian nations. That's why we have treaties government to government between the United States and the Sioux or the Delaware or the Navajo or the Hopi or whatever. Because they are, as per treaty agreements in the 18th and 19th centuries, they are literally nations within the border of this nation. So they they enjoy, if that's an appropriate term, a legally independent sovereign status within the boundaries of the United States of America. So George's idea, and I had looked at this earlier, many, many years ago, as a way of creating and bringing forth some of these forbidden technologies that the big guys in government and the deep state have been relentlessly and ruthlessly suppressing for the last you know 50, 60, 70 years. Her idea was, what if this administration were to, I'm going to use a term here that's kind of appropriate, open hailing frequencies on behalf of women, who have now been disenfranchised. Half of the American citizenry has been disenfranchised and no longer are free citizens of the United States. Half of us. The way to restore those rights is that for those seeking abortions, to establish abortion medical facilities and clinics and any other health care Um, part of the uh, infrastructure required on Native American sovereign Pueblos and reservations. And no one, no state, no governor, no legislature, no Congress, no Senate can abrogate the treaty arrangements between the United States of America and these independent sovereign Indian First Peoples Nations within our border. It would do several things. I mean, Native Americans revere women. Just go and look at any of their histories, any of their, you know, like the Iroquois. Look at where we drew basically a huge part of the Constitution. There are extraordinary rights enshrined in Native American tradition. And I know that's a big surprise to a lot of people, but there are. They are treated as equals. And certainly when the first white colonists came over here, they were shocked to see that the women had an equal voice in, you know, uh, powwows and, and uh, conclaves and all that with men. What if Planned Parenthood, and there's another large uh, uh, medical health care provider, I'm, I'm having, you know, flashbacks now to Robin, healthfreedomrights.com, she should be here doing this, not me. Anyway, there are there are rights that are that cannot be abrogated by the you know, the will of a few very weird white guys sitting in a big marble building in Washington, light years out of touch with the American people, let alone the actual process of life on Earth. If someone was to make an entree, and I plan to do it next week, I literally have been dealing with an attorney. On the energy side, so I have an open uh, door to open hailing frequencies on this matter as well, to explore the idea that organized associations for women, for women's health care, if they could establish their facilities on Native American land, there's not a damn thing that the politicians can do to touch them. The only You know, functioning law would be by the legal authority of the various tribes, the various Pueblos, the various reservations. I mean, you know, pilot program, one or two, see how it works. The point is, there are always, if you try hard enough, potential workarounds to an intractable problem. And this would do several things. It would would lionize the Native American community as standing fundamentally, archetypally, for the equality of men and women, the great spirit. We are all equal under the great spirit and the law. And number two, it could provide an extraordinary and desperately needed source of income for the local tribes and the local Native American governments and not gambling, but something that basically was life-affirming and and appreciated the fact that women are one-half of the human species and deserve sovereignty over their own lives. Okay, um, we will get back to this. I'll kind of give you an update as uh, as I, my kind of exploration of this idea unfolds. But to me, it's a brilliant, genius-level concept. It's something that the executive branch of the United States, i.e., this administration, i.e., the president, can. Initiate without one word further from Congress because of the existing law, of existing treaties. It's basically a diplomatic mission. You know, we have diplom- diplomats now returned to, you know, Kiev. We've got diplomats even now in the Soviet Union slash Russia slash Putin's Russia. Why could we not open hailing frequencies with Native Americans when? The United States of America is in such desperate trouble tonight. Item number five. Um, I was on coast, as I said uh, a little while ago, last week on the 16th. And by an extraordinarily curious coincidence, that was the same night, or actually afternoon, that the Perseverance rover took a high-resolution mass cam image Of a collection of objects on a nearby uh, cliff, which looked so provocative that the night after—I'm sorry—the morning after I'd been on coast, which was Thursday night, Friday morning. On Friday morning, in the Miami Herald, that's item number five. There appeared a story: NASA discovers mysterious balanced rock on Mars, igniting debate over how it happened, and everybody was off to the races. Well, the more we dug into this, and that's gonna be a significant portion of tonight's show, the most extraordinary thing happened. We discovered that there's far more to that collection of objects on that knoll, a few feet away, maybe 100, 200 feet away from the Perseverance rover, as you're gonna see shortly, than just a, quote, balanced rock, which it turns out is not a balanced rock. It's something even more. So definitely stay tuned for that. Item number six, as all of this ferment around um, the Pentagon establishing a formal office to investigate UAPs slash UFOs, and the announcement of NASA suddenly deciding Oh, we want to get a piece of that action. So they're opening up a scientific review committee to look at case studies and uh, observations from satellites or wherever of UAPs slash UFOs. And the Russians chiming in suddenly saying, well, our guys have seen UFOs. And then uh, uh, D- Dmitri Rogozian, who's the head of the Russian space program, coming out the other day and actually saying, well, we could just be kind of an experiment by aliens, like, you know, bacteria under a microscope. Well, Dimitri, that's very comforting. Well, in the midst of all this, uh, China very curiously announced over Twitter, based on apparent research by this extraordinary large radio dish the 500 meter aperture spherical radio telescope uh acronym fast f-a-s-t 500 meters well you know three times five it's 1500 feet in diameter there's a picture of it there uh, at item number four anyway while the pentagon is talking about ufos meaning there's guys running around in spaceships maybe and the russians are chiming in and nasa says they want to uh, want to open a study of the phenomenon totally separately of course and just coincidentally but you know it's kind of interesting and we're give me a break suddenly out of nowhere the chinese say this the fast chinese radio telescope has found several possible technical traces and suspected signals of extraterrestrial civilizations, said the research team from Beijing Normal University, which is further exploring the information. And we've gone looking, boy have we gone looking, we could find nothing further. Now what I said um, last week still holds, don't you find it weird that suddenly Western governments a racing to embrace this uap maybe et spacecraft running around earth's atmosphere slash ufo phenomenon and out of the blue china which of course is one of the three major governments well maybe four if you count the eu on planet earth right now it says oh it's found signals from extraterrestrial civilizations, maybe. And nobody says a word. I mean, Washington is totally tied up in the hearings. And then this week, on Friday, yesterday, suddenly it got totally tied up with another incredible news story, um, the Supreme Court overturning of Roe. And there's all the usual stuff going on all over the world. Oh, yeah, there's that thing going on in Ukraine and Putin threatening more nuclear attacks and World War threats. In other words, we've kind of got our plate full. And yet, I find it stunning that a major government on this planet, which is mentioned in connection with Ukraine all the time because of the you know relevance to uh, Taiwan – Nobody has picked up on the story or done any follow-up or pick up a phone or sent a tweet or tried to find out through text. Nothing about the Chinese claiming we found several possible traces of suspected signals from extraterrestrial civilizations. I mean, come on. So, what I have done is to give one of our stalwart crewmen a... um. A, a mission. I basically asked Robert Morningstar, who amongst all of us is fluent in, I believe it's Mandarin, which is the predominant uh, uh, variant language of China. And so he has been combing through Weibo and other obscure Chinese internet links to find, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. And, um, If he has something to contribute, we're gonna bring him on a little later in the show. I also would like him to be part of what I call a a jury, meaning that we're gonna talk about some of these images and I'm going to ask him with no background to look at them and render his opinion. Now, next week, um, Tim uh, Saunders, remember our marine uh, nautical architect is gonna be with us. He hasn't been on the other side Uh, a midnight for a very long time. He's very busy building a very large yacht for some, I don't know, mega-millionaire. That's the folks that can afford them, and you go where the work is. So he's really been flat out, but he will have had time in the next week to take some of the data that we're going to talk about tonight, put it into a numerical, three-dimensional trigonometric calculating program which can derive... Not only accurate distances, but scale, size, dimension, and the 3D nature of the objects that we're going to be discussing, which are on Mars, and I believe firmly are artificial, but the computer will help us find out. That will all be next Saturday evening or morning depending upon where you are. And we're also gonna be joined, I believe, by a surprise and very welcome guest. I I can't quite promise who that's going to be yet. We're working on the details, but um, I will obviously let you know in time to make appropriate arrangements. Okay, with that as for play, how do you like that for mixing our metaphors? We're gonna talk tonight about the Pink Martian Road. I mean, I cannot count up how many years I have been doing this and proffering image after image after official image to people who, you know, should be able to look at it and know what they're looking at. And the reaction inevitably is interest and curiosity until they find out where it is and then almost to a person they turn around and run at warp nine this happened just the other night remember how uh, andrew was telling the story i think a couple weeks ago how at my suggestion he'd find an architect he said you know suddenly he said i kind of realized that i knew one who's the father of one of the sons that plays on the same baseball team that he plays on his son plays on So he went to the architect during, you know, whatever inning, while the kids are on the field, and he's sharing on his uh, smartphone the images of the infamous now door on Mars. And he said, what do you think that is? And they zoom around and zoom in and zoom out, and the architect says, well, it's a door. And then Andrew says, well, would you like to know where it is? And the guy says, well, yeah, sure, where? Mars. The guy gets up, the guy leaves, and they've never spoken again. Tonight, the impact of walking through the Martian door, down the pink Martian highway. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return
1: and a lullaby somewhere over the rainbow skies all blue and the dreams that you dare to dream.
0: Welcome back to the other side of midnight for this Saturday night. Um, I believe we have Ron with us. Ron, are you there? Ron, are you there? All my switches are set properly. Yes, I'm here. There you are. There you are. There you are. Yeah, it was a matter of matter of muting. (laughs) Why is it? You know, this is going to (laughs) be. People are going to have tombstones all over the world someday, and there'll be just one line on them. He forgot to unmute. (laughs) Anyway, um, okay, um, what do you think of the opening? Where are we tonight in the investigation of the wonders down the Martian Pink Road?
2: Ah, well, when you put it that way, yes, we are, uh, I think, making some progress because there's an awful lot of stuff that has people interested. I even know a couple of people that are... um, they're they're interested. They would never admit it, and they're currently very interested in two things: the um, uh, the door, which I gather has gotten a lot of um, conversation amongst engineers, and the. Um, <laughs> I wonder why.
0: Yeah. Well, nobody disputes that it's artificial. This is yes. They thing. do. It's like it's- NASA put no, out no, a whole no, no, press no. release, and there's a whole bunch of yahoos, and I use the term advisedly, who work for NASA. Who were quoted in? I think it was the Life Science piece. All putting their rep on the line, saying, "Oh, it's just an you know, a, a earthquake fault in the rock," and well, if it was real, it would have to be real teeny tiny Martians. All that pejorative stuff. So yes, uh, there are
2: people. Yeah, who- that, well, that's talking social media. I'm talking. I mean, uh, I mean on a you know on a private channel. And yeah, and you can find bulletin boards where they'll be discussing it. Except you won't be able to tell who they are.
0: Oh yeah, you know, the, the fabled anonymity of the internet. What would we? Where yes. would we be if you actually had to stand behind telling people the truth with your name?
2: Uh, yeah, it would cut down all If lot I, of I the if I could make one, you
0: know, I, I I've been looking. This is a total diversion. I've been looking at Facebook mm. and Zuckerberg and the House and the Senate hearings and the you know, Congress people who obviously are kind of, you know, back in the steampunk era, having no idea what a digital device really can do. And I'm thinking that if I had one magic bullet to recommend that would solve the internet problem 99%, simply make it illegal to post under an assumed false name. If you have an opinion, First Amendment, you have a right to put it out there, but you gotta put it out there under your own name, I will bet you dollars to Navy Beans that 90% of our problems would just go away. Just go away. Because most people are terrified to be out in front all by themselves, naked and alone, under their own nom de plume. I think
2: voluntary anonymity is one of the reasons that any sort of conversation circuit can work.
0: No, it doesn't. Uh, I, no, it doesn't. I, when when someone I calls when when someone let me finish when someone calls me on the phone, hmm. the first thing I ask is who are you. I don't let anonymous people call me on the phone, engage me in nonsense conversations without asking first who are you.
1: When, well, you're, in a, when right. you're in when
0: you're in when you're in a public meeting. You know, when you're in a legal proceeding, when you're in a a, 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 a you know, political forum uh, before the state house or the school board or the wherever you are asked to provide your name. When you call a talk show, they absolutely write down who you are. When you call coast, Dan Tom Danizer. They might not put it on the air, but they damn well know who you are because unless you tell them who you are, you can't go on. Why do we think that in the public forum, anonymity is any kind of social grace? Because a
2: lot of people overreact to anybody that opposes their viewpoint. Uh, I was going to cite the do-good letters from um, Benjamin Franklin that are referenced in the National Treasure movie. Right. That was a law. That was a long time ago. And he had to uh, issue those anonymously or somebody would have come and talked to him, even though he was very young at the time. Uh, the uh, no, I think it's an important part of the process. I, I don't see any problem there when it's a direct contact.
0: or It's, someone it's is, interesting. You know, we have diametrically opposed points of view yes, diametrically on this. Yes. So yeah, anyway, uh, moving on, I don't want to get hung up on, on you know, dumb points because that's not the focus okay. of tonight. Hmm. So give people kind of an overview. You say there's a tremendous amount of background discussion on the door. I can yeah, attest to that. Yeah, well, I said that. two things and I only got halfway through it, but go ahead. No, I just, well, let me let me finish my thought. Um, hmm. I can back that up because we have had more response from our audience and George's audience who kind of came over to see what's going on over here than in any shows that I've done over the last five or six years. It's because everybody except for the so-called paid experts on the tit of NASA, the agency, basically whores, those people lie. Real people looking at this go, oh my God, it's a door. So please continue.
2: Mm. Yes. Yes. And they're mostly, I think, arguing about the um, <laughs> size because nobody buys. See, NASA made a mistake there uh, in telling everybody that it was what's the what's their current estimation? Three feet. On, three, oh, it's going up to three feet from thirty
0: inches. Okay.
2: Um, and well, thirty inches yeah, is yeah. only
0: six inches less than three feet, so.
2: Yeah, I've heard people claim it was much even smaller than that. But in in any case, nobody but uh, in general, the uh, impression people seem to get when looking at the pictures is that no, 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 it's bigger than that. Uh, And it's not just, I think, wishful thinking. They're not expecting it to be a huge opening from from which can um, (laughs) disgorge a huge ogre carrying a knobby club. Or
0: Darth Vader's hordes
2: of stormtroopers yeah I think they'd have a nicer door, but this one still looks like something out of the valley. okay, let me King's stop you there
0: uh are are you participating even anonymously in any of these discussions? uh well,
2: of course, I wouldn't tell you the truth if I was, but no so you're I'm not just... I, I, I i spend no time on social media except to peruse it once in a while. I hardly ever post anything i've posted a i have posted
0: okay. I posted the, the, a tweet the, the, like nine it, times it,
2: ever it, and they it
0: was it was not a it was not a leading question. Because no, if, you, if if you are a lurker and you're not interfering in the experiment, you know, Heisenberg, that kind of thing, then mm-hmm. you can re- report faithfully the ebb and flow of these conversations. Why is everybody so hung up, as I asked last week, on the damn size of the door? Why is a certain size criteria, oh, it's got to be artificial, but it's smaller than that with all the accoutrements, all the geometry, all the... Obvious architecture. Would be, oh no, that's got to be natural because we know that intelligent beings, i.e., humans, come in a standard size. Where did that incredible erroneous assumption creep in? Well,
2: I think you're. I think you're uh, forgetting a, an important factor. Uh, NASA posted the picture, and looking at the raw images, uh, yeah, it's a little square thing, you know, more or less that's uh, it's not clear it's all but any of the enhancements and it's not like it's in it's not like it's difficult to do i has nasa actually posted any sizable
0: enlargements of it i don't think so are you kidding Yeah, so no,
2: yeah, (laughs)
0: that they want this to go away is look, the only reason that we're suddenly getting color images again from curiosity, which you can speak to with great authority. I mean, for years, folks, they've been palming off stupid black and white, bare filtered images that nobody but an expert could love. And suddenly after the door controversy, there's color coming from the Curiosity rover again. Right, Ron? Uh Yes. And uh,
2: that's something I noticed just the other day that subsequent to that, uh, that tempestuous event last week, when uh, <laughs> you lost 19 and a half minutes of your show for the only the first airing, it was there in the rebroadcast and the, and the repeat that happens the next day. Uh, somebody was fooling around, but it's, it does happen. I tried to tell you that I swear to you. And if you want to take calls, and callers from radio stations. You'll find out that stuff happens. It can happen for good reasons, bad reasons, sinister government. OK, plots, you're, you're talking about
0: you you Just for people who may not be you know, following what's yeah. going on, they join I'm us late. You're talking about my appearance on Coast last week and then simultaneously KFI, the big, you know, what they call it, the blowtorch station blow-torch. in L.A., uh, clear channel, 50,000 watts. It can be heard all over the world. If the ionosphere is just right, somebody turned it off for 19.5 minutes, and I've been saying it's incredibly suspicious. Ron is saying, oh, you don't know how incredibly dumb radio station people can be these days. And so I tried to put it to the test. I sent it's not out,
2: dumb. I've tripped over wires in radio stations myself.
0: I, it can happen. I sent out a very innocent request to people mm-hmm. in the industry. Highly placed in the industry. Uh, I can say this, highly placed in Premiere. The Premiere Radio Mm -hmm. Networks, who, of course, should be very concerned if one of their biggest, if not the biggest, affiliate drops out right in the middle of their show for 20 minutes and nobody comes back and says, well, you know, we had a cat die or, you know, the the poor guy hanged himself or whatever. Just an excuse. Nothing. It could happen. My point is... Yes. I got zero response to my question. Zero. Not even a courtesy of, oh, that happens every other week, or, you know, I wouldn't worry about that. They had a, you know, cat fart in the middle of whatever. In other words, nothing. They want it to go away. They don't want to answer or think about it. And that, of course, to me, says something is wrong. May I offer a suggestion as to an answer? Of course. Okay. But it's
2: all speculation. uh, So's on your side. No, it isn't. I have data.
0: I asked an innocent question of someone inside, and they will not even answer the question. They ignore it. That's part
2: of what I'm trying to answer. That's part of what I'm trying to answer, and it even includes a a particular jab at you. Hmm. Uh, There are plenty of people that would probably have taken the opportunity to make it a problem for you. Uh, It's generally pretty hip crews that are hanging around, but you know tubes blow out. Yes, there's still an occasional tube somewhere, and circuits go down. The uh, when something like that happens, what they lose is advertiser related. Cause exactly. Remember, they run ads. Yes. They run ads, and they're not going to admit if nobody makes a big stink about it and brings it to the public attention that they were actually off the air for a number of minutes because there was probably a commercial in there. Somewhere.
0: Listeners reported in multiple listeners. Yeah, of course they it did. It happened. You, they can't. You know, yeah. it's like trying to hide what Trump did. It happened. Yeah. Well. the, the part
2: that made it personal was that it was 19 minutes and change. 19 and a half, yeah. The, let me finish this, it, <laughs> if please. Do, stop it for a second. The uh, if if something if it goes off, not necessarily because they were trying to. Because believe me, you had a lot of volatile stuff to say, and it wasn't just there in that segment. And like I said, it did repeat. But if it went off, and somebody who doesn't like you. Who doesn't believe in Martians? Who thinks it's all claptrap? But it's a job, so he stays there. Says, "Oh, look, it went off." And they could sit there and tap their pencil until it got to 19 and a half minutes before they flipped the the switch back on and recovered, simply to make a uh, to make it a jab at you. In other words, it wasn't uh, at worst. I don't think it was the um, an intentional. Lack of airtime based at you. It was somebody taking advantage of that in the studio that doesn't like what you say. But it doesn't any make any
0: damn difference. All it did was call attention. You know the old Hollywood that works expression? Too. Hang on. Yeah. You know I the know. old Hollywood expression? When you have a problem, hang a lantern on it? What they did was mm-hmm. hang a lantern on Hoagland, Mars, data, images. Oh, someone censoring oh, I've got an internet, I can go look up, I can play the replay, I can switch to KOGO, I can do anything. In other words, it had nothing to do with the worldwide broadcast on coast that night of what I was saying. All it did was call attention in Georgia's backyard that somebody Mm -hmm. at KFI does not want this on the air. And that only makes it more extraordinarily intriguing. In other words, it was exactly counterproductive to whatever this idiot, if it was done for that reason, was intending yeah. to do. It could have been to draw publicity. I was thinking of the other Hollywood phrase, which is there's no
2: such thing as bad publicity.
1: Uh. You know, it didn't
2: hurt anything. It didn't hurt anything. You were uh, – uh, people were listening, and they had a – as I understand it, they had a sizable upsurge in their – typical audience especially for you know a Thursday night than uh, uh, just because you were on there
0: and see what was interesting is that they let me talk on the first hour about NASA the weird politics the relationship with the Pentagon UAPs all of that stuff yeah the second hour I had reserved I told George at a time I want to do the Mars doorway and the surrounding incredible architecture and what this means in the second hour so I started at the top giving background. That's when they turned it off. They only turned it back on when we went to questions. So it was obviously directed at the content, may have been directed at me, totally pointless because all it did was hang a lantern on it. And it's like, to, to me, it was weirdly reaffirming. I mean, my worst case scenario is that nobody gives a damn. And I've spent all the last half century doing this. And ultimately, nobody cares. Well, you know that's not true. No, I don't know anything. I think I will know when there is a major political paradigm shift and people take back control of their space agency and get it to do what it was supposed to do 50 years ago, which is to tell us the truth about what's really out there and our relationship to it.
2: Uh. Well, uh, could I intrude for a brief second here with another picture to uh, cause more trouble? Oh, by all means, I love trouble. Okay, okay. look at uh, all you people out there. You can either follow the, excre- the uh, complex instructions about clicking on the banner and clicking on the names and clicking on the show, or you can simply scroll down, assuming you're already looking at Richard's stuff, and uh, get to my stuff. Look at number three. Rich, I don't think Richard has seen this one before either.
0: Well, I'm going there. Let me see. I've got the right pew, as my grandmother would say. So I want three in your items, right? Right. Yeah. And I've, you see, I've, okay, I've, got, I've, I've got 18 items tonight, so you're going to want to scroll. Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm sticking. Right, so uh, take a Looking. look at
2: that. You see a, you see a typical movie type uh, red Martian landscape, right? Oh
0: my God!
2: Click on it and zoom in.
0: I am. What's yeah, that thing in the bottom right corner?
2: No, no, not the thing at the bottom right corner. Uh, look up uh, look up at the at the main body of whatchamacallit
0: there. Okay, I'm, I'm looking.
2: Yeah. Don't you see the door? Well, it's, a, it's triangular, but it's a door I'm doorway. looking
0: at, when I say the bottom right corner, I mean the, the slab, the tilted slab, oh, the, not the corner of the picture, the corner of the object. Yeah, there's a big damn, yeah, looks like a door. Yeah, with there's even a wizard. with a little front porch. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Now Yeah, so
2: add that add that to the mix.
0: Now do you yeah. see the the face right above it? Yeah. I process the picture, of course I do. Well I don't know. I have to ask even apparent dumb yeah. questions. Yeah. Other people might not unless we say, by the way. See these ancient cultures, the, the, <laughs> well they will now, the the later ones had this incredible propensity of doing faces all over everything. Artwork abounds in this stuff. They chiseled yep. and, you know, chipped and scratched and, you know, rubbed and whatever they did, <clears throat> there are effigies and they're not just human. So it's not pareidolia. It is, mm-hmm. there's other guys up there, other species. The doorway seems to be a cornucopia of different species, all represented by statuary and effigies and, um, what do they called? Um, Freezes. Phaeances. Or faances Faience. Although, don't faeances yeah. apply to kind of candle holders or something? Anyway, um, mm. the point is, it, the art is all... Over the damn place. Um, was, was Keith, was was Kinthea able to join us tonight? Just tell us. Keith? Mr. Morgan? Oh, dear. I'm tempted to make a snoring noise just to make everybody laugh. <laughs> okay, well, he will eventually get back to us. Because <clears throat> Kinthea, of course, has been on the art aspect of Mars from the get-go, and everything we found has totally reaffirmed that historically, in mythos, in legend, in you know Babylonian texts, wherever Mars has been misnamed, it is not, or should not be, the planet of war. It's the damn planet of art. It makes the caves at Lazoo look like you know uh, somebody's scratch notebook by comparison. They put things on everything, everything. And they're the typical Martian art where they relate several three-dimensional figures for an overall gestalt of association. So it's both art and symbol and communication all in one. By the way, there's... Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was going to say, these days, only artists appreciate that. There's one artist that I'm aware of that's made a whole career out of it, but he doesn't tend to do faces. He's an Israeli artist of some renown named Yaakov Agam, A-G-A-M. Hmm. And he does, uh, he does. it's mostly geometric stuff, but it's all three-dimensional in unusual ways, uh, hmm. visual or even physical. And, um, yeah, it's if you look his stuff up, you go, oh, wow, look at that. But, yeah, uh, you know, like I said, he doesn't do faces, but I, I know he'd appreciate it. Um, beyond that, it's up to the audience. Uh, <clears throat> if you go all the way back through history, as far as the, statu- the source of the statuary that you see in museums goes, uh, most of it, certainly back through the Greco and Roman periods, uh, was painted. Those beautiful white marble statues, they would use this flawless stone, cut these <laughs> incredibly beautiful uh, statues, and then paint them to look lifelike, oh, like a mannequin green. in a store window, you oh, know. My God. And which has all worn off. And so
0: I, I, I think we suffer some of that on Mars. Um, oh, I do, too. I mean, you know, the Martian conditions, even with my adjustment that they've been lying to us about, among other things, the atmosphere for half a century— and when mm-hmm. that started i mean that's a whole show in and of itself i've gone back now and looked at the original mariner 4 records which was the first time we had an actual in situ measurement of the atmosphere of mars that's where we got the current you know it's thinner than at a hundred thousand feet and all that and every ensuing mission has only we 've been told well, it just added more data, you know more decimal points to it 's really, really, really super thin, one one hundredth of the air that we 're breathing tonight, uh, most of us anyway, and you would die instantly of asphyxiation if you walked outside your spacecraft uh, without a without a spacesuit or, or a mask, oh, and you 'd also explode so that 's the kind of Martian environment which again we can prove scientifically they have been lying about a whole damn planet lying 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 for 50 years and what i find dazzling and so perplexing is how all the scientists in the scientific community who can look at this the same way that we can and have to reach the same conclusion because it's just elemental physics nobody's blown the whistle i mean is the corruption that deep That there's no honest planetologist out there or meteorologist or climatologist or a person who thinks synoptically about planets and atmospheres who takes a look at the imagery and the data and says, wait a minute, we got a problem, Houston, or in this case, Pasadena. Nobody. How does one enforce that incredibly rigorous going along with the party line? I mean, it's baffling to me. Look at how the whole the Trump thing is falling apart. All the in crowd can't wait to get in front of a microphone <clears throat> and a TV camera to blow the whistle. How come this is not happening inside NASA? This to paychecks. me is a non— But these guys also, also have paychecks, and they'll never get another job if Trump spots them as an enemy. They'll wind up pushing, nah. pushing garbage somewhere. Because he uh, has actually, a very long actually, memory, and let's not get diverted because we can't solve it tonight. I just want to know why up. is yes because by other <laughs> normal political comparisons, people think they rat, they, they 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 you know they they come forward, they they tell the truth. Nobody likes a traitor. That's what it amounts to then why are we having all these other whistleblowers all through history, particularly now where there are laws protecting whistleblowing? As an institution, if you can't do a forensic on what's going on inside a government agency, there is no accountability. NASA has not been accountable to the people who pay the bills, the American taxpayer, from the beginning. Now you're getting somewhere. Compare
2: it to the Federal Reserve, which has never been audited.
0: Well, yeah, they're the same boat. So the Federal Reserve is about something important, money. NASA, in most people's minds, is about something totally unimportant, space. How could that possibly impact my life? I mean, I I think that's 90% of the problem because I have learned in the decades I've been on this planet that the one thing that does get attention is money. If there was money and personal Um, detriment associated with NASA's doing what they're doing behind the scenes and giving us a false front western town, there would be accountability, but it literally is so removed from most people's perception that they cannot begin to imagine that anybody lying about a planet has any relevance to their everyday lives. And we got about 30 seconds. How long? 30 seconds.
2: Okay. Uh, think about this. Are you aware of the uh, fact that much of the stuff that is held secret has been farmed out from all available evidence to the private sector?
0: Well, not the perseverance mission, not these incredible, well, photographs. No, not a specific mission, yeah, but, but
2: everything they glean from it. Well, let me finish the in a few seconds. Why, how much money, is Lockheed Martin and everybody else making off of that. The amount of money that is uh, in that private research is staggering beyond belief. But, and so that but, would be but, enough motivation.
0: Part of the wisdom is, if you think there's a lot of money in the National Space Program now, imagine what would happen if we actually found life out there, and ruins, and amusement parks, Martian arcades, longevity clinics, God knows what. As someone said to me many years ago, but Dick, if this was real, it would be a gold card for NASA. Why would they turn it down? And that is the conundrum. You're on the other side of midnight on a Saturday night here in the land of enchantment where the rain, the monsoons are coming down. We shall return To the incredible stories tonight originating from the Wild, Wild West. Don't go away. Over and out.